Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and live from the Greg Hardy Meditation Center and Firing Range, it's the Fourth and Inches <laughs> Show with Jana and the Sherpa. Jana, boy, oh boy, your uh, Cowboys managed to uh, snatch you know, victory, you know, defeat from the jaws of victory yet again this past week. We're um, quite good at n- that. Quite good. Not not to <laughs> not to gloat, but the Giants did avenge somewhat their opening week of loss. I just but... I just want to be very clear that Cole Beasley literally handed that game to you. Just gave it right yeah. to you. <laughs> he did. Well, he might be a double agent. Just... I'm not totally convinced yet. Well, if he is a double agent, his wife is putting on a pretty good act, too, but uh, at least on Twitter. <laughs> but... So she was not too happy about... Uh, yeah, I guess a lot of yeah, people learned what the, the word. A lot of people learned what the word redacted meant this week, thanks to uh, Beasley's <laughs> wife. But so, oh god, you know, of, I, I'm still salty about it. I won't lie. Oh well. So, well, at least uh, looks like uh, Darren McFadden's going to get some run at uh, running back now with uh, Joseph Randall yeah. out for a while, but. And I have to admit, I'm actually making him my top waiver wire priority in one league this week. Hey, so we'll I see don't if that hate works it. Out. I've endorsed McFadden as my favorite since since I think week one here, and it's finally coming to fruition. Are they calling him Run right DMC yet in Dallas or not? Um, not yet, because right now we're mainly focusing on our players beating uh, coaches, and then I think we'll start looking at Run DMC as bringing that back as a nickname. Maybe not for like Thursday I didn't realize, week. I didn't realize <laughs> that beating that getting into physical altercations with your coaches during the games made you a leader, but apparently that's all it takes. Oh, it does in Dallas. Only in Dallas, though. Uh, <laughs> I, if Jerry Jones says it, it has to be true. It doesn't. I mean, as the only owner that has a post-game press conference and and has a few weekly and his own radio show, um, it, I mean. He kind of gets in front of everything before coaches can actually, you know, discipline a guy or get all the information about a situation. Like, why be bothered with those kind of details when you can just arbitrarily decide a guy's a leader when he's been playing for the team for two weeks? But what do I know? I'm, su- <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't, you know, right after that happened, he didn't run down to the field, Jerry Jones, and sign him to a five-year, $100 million extension. But uh, maybe I mean, that'll that's, be that's this weekend. probably in the pipeline, but... I mean, what what we've learned since the late 80s with Jerry Jones is that it does not matter what you do off the field. Hell, it doesn't even matter what you do on the field as long as it's on the sidelines, that if you produce inside the hash marks, he will let you do just about anything else. And, I mean, he's yeah. nothing if not consistent. No, that's, I guess that's why people love to play for him, but uh, <sighs> or his team, I should say, but... <laughs> It's terrible. So, I mean, I've got that going for me. (laughs) Yes. Great party school leadership coming soon to an online school near you. Yeah, the Great Hardy Leadership uh, Mm -hmm. Institute. That that would be a a good one. But uh, I can just imagine who would graduate from that. But uh, that's beside (laughs) the point. So, So we had a number of... Injuries this past week, of course, Arian Foster out for the year, torn ACL. That's probably the biggest one. You know, Joseph Randall, as we talked about. You know, Dion Lewis missed the game last week. You know, Josh McCown went down as the you know, Browns quarterback. You know, what what of those injuries you know, struck you as being the most uh, you know important this week to keep tabs on? Well, I mean, I feel like we're running an Arian Foster like telephone line every week all we do is talk about his various injuries so now he tore his achilles he's done for the year over done so i can finally stop talking about him um uh, it the josh mccown thing concerns me a little bit but they're saying uh, he sprained his shoulder they're saying he's quote day to day as really we all are so we'll see what happens there um see what his practice workload is like come friday that's going to give you a better indicator of whether or not he's playing on sunday I know some people are holding out for Johnny Manziel, but realistically, that's not going to be better for you. Um, 
Ben Roethlisberger is going to return this week, barring any setback. And quite frankly, he pretty much has to get hit by a bus at this point to not play. Um, so as long as Jerome Bettis isn't nearby, he should be fine. But uh, it looks like he'll be back under center this week, which is great news for Antonio Brown. Or, or Antonio Brown. Um, it looks like Dion Lewis, who we talked about earlier, he, like we said, was a, a very late scratch this week. He was uh, limited at practice today. He's got an abdominal muscle strain. Uh, I think he's going to play on Thursday. It looks like he's probably going to – they're going to call him questionable just about up until game time. But the nice thing is, is if you're near your computer on Thursday night, you can swap him out pretty easily. So keep an eye on that. It looks like Devontae Adams is going to be back after missing the last three weeks for the Packers. He's been trying to play through an ankle injury. He's, they're saying he's good to go already early this week, so that's a great sign. He'll be fine. Uh, Buccaneers wide receiver Lewis Murphy tore his ACL this weekend. He's done for the year. Uh, that's not great, but it looks like they may be getting Austin Safarian Jenkins back this week from his shoulder injury, so they could definitely use the extra pair of hands. The Texans released Ryan Mallett today. He, he's kind of a hot mess. He's already That's missed overslept through some team meetings and then missed the team's charter flight to Miami on Saturday. So because he was stuck in traffic, I I mean, there's really nothing else to say about that. He's a mess. They signed TJ Yates, so who knows, maybe we'll see him uh, by the end of the game this week. 49ers running back Ryan Carlos Mallard Hyde. will be the starting quarterback for your uh, Cowboys next week. God, no, please say it. So, I, I'm not ruling out Jerry Jones. I mean, Jerry Jones is crazy. He'll do whatever he wants. So, he'll probably just be like, oh, well, we're not taking any planes for a couple weeks. Why don't you come on down? And it won't be a problem. But, uh, yeah, make show up Carlos, for the home games. Yeah, I mean, we only need him for a couple of weeks. Tony Romo's three weeks away. Uh, Carlos Hyde is looking like he's going to play this week for the 49ers from that foot injury. They desperately need that. Vikings wide receiver Jarius Wright. Uh, turns out he got concussed this weekend. He's in the concussion protocol now. Not totally sure what his status will become this weekend, so that's a wait and see. Matt Stafford, I, I don't even know how to classify any of his injuries. It's just like a full body thing at this point. But uh, right now it seems they thought his hand was broken for a little while. He had some x-rays and MRIs. It's not broken. It just hurts a lot. So he's going to play. How effectively? That's anybody's guess. But he's still going to play this week. Giants Victor Cruz still dealing with the calf injury. He just has weekly MRIs on Thursdays now. Uh, So this week is going to be kind of a turning point for him. They're talking about shutting him down and not playing him at all this season if things aren't looking any better. But some people are still pretty optimistic, so it really depends who you ask. Marcus Mariota, also optimistic. He thinks he's going to play this week. I'm not so sure about it. He's still got that sprained knee. That's very much going to be a wait-and-see thing. Um, It's not a terrible matchup for Tennessee this week, so for what it's worth, Zach Mettenberg might be better if he does play. Uh, Broncos wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders sprained his AC joint in his shoulder. He's still planning to play. Uh, We alluded to Joseph Randall earlier. The Dallas running back has what they're calling a back injury. It's really a strained oblique. Uh, it looks like he may miss this week. It's They're going to kind of play that close to the vest and uh, wait till later in the week to let us know for sure. Similar with Des Bryant, he's trying to return this week. If he doesn't make quote-unquote football moves during practice this week, he's not playing, but I'd be surprised if he didn't. Quite frankly, he's just going to keep fighting people on the sidelines, so we might as well let him fight the other team. Um, Antonio Gates, this is a weird one. Again, it really depends who you ask uh, as as far as he concerned, he's concerned, he doesn't want any MRIs because he doesn't want to know how bad, how bad his knees actually hurt, which seems like, you know, the logical way to do this. Um, they're calling it a, an MCL sprain. Some people say he could play this week. Some people say it's going to be multiple weeks. So this is really going to be a wait-and-see kind of thing. Maybe somebody should put him in an MRI machine, but, hey, not my call. Um, so we're we're waiting to see on a lot of guys this week. So have a backup plan, uh, plan to plan, if you will, here, and uh, make sure you're not stuck scrambling at 12.58 on Sunday. Also, we got four teams on a bye this week. (laughs) Yeah, it's like this year's sports hernia. I don't know. But uh, we do have the Bills, Eagles, Redskins, and the Jaguars on buys this week. Obviously, Buffalo and Jacksonville are coming back from London. 
so you're definitely down uh, some running backs and wide receivers there, but don't worry, we got you covered. Yeah, Blake Bortles for sure. <laughs> oh, I was I was thinking more of EJ Manuel, but uh, I'm I'm more so, about Blake Bortles, but that's that was pretty obvious from last week's show. <laughs> no, I like Blake Bortles a lot. I just didn't think that they'd be able to keep up with Buffalo's offense, but I was wrong. It was the other way around. Or, well, I shouldn't really say that. It was more that that Buffalo's offense London. couldn't keep up with Jacksonville's uh, defense. Yeah, they must have thrown the ball to the wrong team instead of being on the wrong side of the road. I don't know. But uh, anyway, so let's just dive right into this week's games. First up, we've got the Thursday night tilt between Miami and New England. I know you're um, a big Miami fan when you aren't rooting for the Cal losers. When I'm but... not being incredibly depressed by being a Cowboys fan, yeah. <laughs> right. So in New England, they looked good in saving off the Jets last week. Yeah, I, I know there's the narrative is that Miami is much improved under their new coach, but I just don't think that really matters at this point. It doesn't really matter either whether Deion Lewis plays or not. Short week, I, I still think New England wins this pretty easily. I'll go with a final score of New England 37, Miami 24. All right. I'm going to just say it right now, Miami is upsetting the Patriots this week. I know it, let's be honest, be there's not a ton. You at the end of the game, but. It's, it's very possible that could still happen. But I just, I think there's a chance Lamar Miller is going to be the difference maker in this game. He's going to rush for over 100 yards on this New England defense. Yes, I like Ryan Tannehill, but I really think Lamar Miller is the standout player of this game this week. Uh, New England has some flaws in their defense. The Miami defense is not getting enough love. I say this every week, but really they are a better defense than they get credit for. I think that Tom Brady's going to find it a little tougher going than than maybe he's expecting to. Um, but I just I think twenty twenty four Miami's sneaking one out here. Uh, feel free to tell me how smart I am next week when we come back, and this is actually what happened. <laughs> I can't wait till Dallas and Miami play each other because you're going to be. Uh, you it's know, tough for me when that happens. Be... I'm not a fan of it, but like really, everybody's a winner and a loser those weeks for me. <laughs> yeah, the only losers are the people that actually have to watch that on TV. But and I'm the one like appointment viewing that game. Probably the only one in the world, yeah. so that's fine. That's must see <laughs> TV for you and probably no one else. But, uh, and nobody, that's okay with. nobody else. <laughs> that's right, but we still, we still love having you on the show, of course. But so, yeah, you continue um, to put up with me. Am I crazy? <laughs> I do, I do. So let's go to the Sunday morning games. And, uh, this one you know, truly is a morning game. I think we've got... Uh, Another London game, and this time I don't think it's being live streamed on Yahoo, but that's okay. We've got it is the last one Detroit. of the year, though. It is, so I'm sure you're yeah. sad as I am about that. But uh, Detroit gosh. playing at at Kansas City, which I'm sure the cheap season ticket holders love the fact that uh, I always wonder: do they give the season ticket holders a discount or prorate their season ticket thing when something like that happens? I don't know, but anyway, I, Detroit I believe playing. they do, but don't quote me okay. on that. Oh, I oh, thought they were going to say, sure, you have a seat in London, but if you can't make it, we're going to sell it. But Maybe. I guess that wouldn't make I, a lot of I sense. So, it, so anyway. last year, Detroit <laughs> played um, Atlanta over in England, and coincidentally, they were the road team there, too, and I think that uh, Atlanta got off to a big lead in that game and then Detroit came back and beat them. This year, I don't think either team is going to get out to a big lead, but once again, I think it'll be a close game. And I just think even sons Jamal Charles, that uh, the Chiefs defense is a little bit better. I'm, I'm surprised by how inept the Lions offense has been this season. I think that trend will continue this week. I'll go with the final score of Kansas City 24, Detroit 21. Um, I actually I agree with you Kansas City is going to win. I actually am winning 32-21. Um, 
I just, I'm really a little concerned about Detroit and specifically Matt Stafford, although, ooh, they got a new offensive coordinator. I don't really think it's going to make much of a difference, but hey, it's not me, so we'll see. Um, I just, Matt Stafford is so injured right now, and he's just so emotionally and physically worn down that I'm not really excited about the possibility of him being able to capitalize on this sketchy Kansas City secondary, who, by the way, are giving up 265 passing yards per game. Um, I do think their 21 points are primarily coming through the air. I like Calvin Johnson this week. Eric Ebron's going to be a good play. Uh, But I just think Kansas City, and as long as Jeremy Macklin plays, I think he's going to really have a great game against this Detroit defense. Uh, they're going to bounce back. Weird things always happen in London, but I think Kansas City is going to win this pretty handily. All right, so back stateside, we've got a game between Minnesota and Chicago at Chicago. Of course, Minnesota, future NFC Super Bowl representatives, even with a 4-2 oh, yeah. record right now, they're just <laughs> kind of faking out all those uh, – undefeated teams that are left. They're just but, trying to set the bar low so that, you know, they can kind of, you know, put some money on themselves in Vegas now while the odds are, are more in their favor. Is that what's happening? I think so. I mean, oh, Teddy okay. Bridgewater I mean, over over 300 <laughs> yards last week and constantly improving. <laughs> Stefan Diggs is turning out to be one of the nice finds of the fantasy season. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see here, but I'll – yeah, I, I think Minnesota takes this. I think it'll be a close game. You know, just Minnesota isn't quite up to blowing people out yet. They don't want to you know, show their hand too quickly. But uh, right. I think Minnesota right. wins this by a field goal. I'll say Minnesota 24 and Chicago 21. Just hypothetically, with Minnesota in the Super Bowl, because this, this idea still fascinates me, Who who do you project as, as the Minnesota MVP of that game right now? Teddy I mean, is it, is it still Teddy Bridgewater? Bold yeah. move, bold move. I mean, you're just all in on the Vikings. I respect it. I think it's crazy, but right. I respect it. <laughs> all right. Let's see what they do to your Packers. <laughs> I think they're not going to do anything of your, but uh, Anyway. <laughs> another one of your 30 favorite teams. Yes. I just I like a good underdog, and the Packers used to. I mean, like many moons ago, were kind of an underdog. Yeah, they haven't been an underdog since the nineties, I think. But that's beside the point. True, true. But this week, Minnesota, I think um, maybe my expectations of them are are a tad bit higher than yours this week. I think they're they're going to win twenty seven seventeen over Chicago. Um, very into Stefan Diggs. I just he's really since week four, kind of just. Come on strong. Let's just keep working with it. Uh, I think Adrian Peterson's going to have a big game this week. Chicago is just just pretty suspect. Wide receiver still not healthy. Jay Cutler still Jay Cutler. That's that's a big stopper for me in picking Chicago to win pretty much ever. Um, and Minnesota, for whatever reason, they just you know they just keep winning games. So I'll roll with it for at least one more. There's a reason, and uh, you know what it is. That they're a future Super Bowl team? <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh, I forgot. I didn't mention that? That's my bad. <laughs> hey, here's a question for you. When uh, yes. Jason Pierre-Paul got his new contract this week, uh-huh. how did he sign it? <laughs> maybe maybe he's just got a stamp now. Dude, he just, doesn't even sign it. Maybe he just stamps it. Maybe he put a pen in his mouth and signed it. Well, he's had some time off to learn some new tricks. Yeah, I guess he's had plenty of time to do that. So (laughs) let's go back to the uh, games here. We've got the Battle of the Johnsons, um, David versus Duke. Hopefully nobody thinks of the KKK when they hear that. But uh, anyway, Arizona (laughs) at Cleveland and... Yeah, on paper, this looks to be a big mismatch, and I think on the field it will be a big mismatch too. Sure, Arizona yeah. could be in for a letdown after after uh, beating Baltimore Monday night, but uh, I don't think they will. You never think of Arizona as being a great offensive team, but they're actually leading the NFL in points scored right now. I don't think they have the highest points per game because New England had a 
bye week, but um, mm-hmm. I still think Arizona wins this pretty easily. I'll go with a final score of Arizona and the Davids, 40, Cleveland and the Dukes, 14. I've got 31-17, obviously Arizona uh, favored there. Wow, that's a big one. Um, I I just think Cleveland's defense is terribly mismatched with this Arizona offense. Uh, the defense, the Cleveland defense is going to be on the field a lot, and that's going to be a big problem for them. I just I think that Chris Johnson, Carson Palmer, all their wide receivers are just going to have a field day. I'm super excited about stacking my lineup with these guys this week. And we don't even know who's going to play quarterback for Cleveland yet. I don't think it really matters if it's Josh McCown or Johnny Manziel. I don't love the matchup for either guy. So I think Arizona is going to take control of this pretty much right off the bat and just kind of keep right on that throttle, and it's just going to be a long day in the dog pound. All right. Um, Next up, we've got San Diego at Baltimore. These two teams are similar in the sense that they're Offenses Holy moly, San Diego last week. What happened? <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, Yikes. you look at the final score and it looks close, but you, you realize what happened. And, yeah, it's, yeah, San Diego just, you know, it's like they forgot that the game has two halves and they only showed up for the last few minutes. But, yeah, so Baltimore, weird. of course, disappointing loss at Arizona Monday night. Yeah, again, these two teams, in the last two minutes of the game, as usual. Well, they did pull the one out against Pittsburgh on the Thursday night game, but that's been about their only uh, close victory all season. But yeah, here I, I just look at this and I see two pretty good offenses and two really lousy defenses. To me, that adds mm-hmm. up to one of the higher over-unders of the week and also one of the you know, games that you want to stack fantasy lineups with on either side. I think San Diego has just a little more offensive firepower, though. If Keenan Allen is healthy, he'll catch another couple dozen balls in this game. Mm-hmm. I'll go with a final score of San Diego 37, Baltimore 31. I have this a little lower scoring than you do. Uh, n- I mean, maybe I think their defenses are marginally better than they actually are, but I just, I don't know. I don't know if I've, I feel like they're going to, either of these offenses are going to finish enough drives, but I'm actually picking Baltimore to upset San Diego 24-21. San Diego gives up uh, the second most fantasy points to running backs. I think Justin Forsett's going to have a huge day. Uh, I agree with you on Keenan Allen. I think he's looking at, like, 20 targets this week. Like, it's going to be ridiculous. Um, I really like Keenan Allen from a fantasy perspective. I just think Baltimore is – they just have to finish a game. I think San Diego – there's a lot of tape on how to uh, pick through their defense from the Raiders from last week. And I like Phillip Rivers. I like him a lot for a fantasy perspective, but I just think Baltimore's a little bit hungrier. They're playing at home. Uh, I, I'm just, it's just a gut feeling, but I think this might be the week for them. They might actually get a second win. So here's a couple of um, San Diego players I want to ask you about. What do you think of Brandon Oliver and Ladarius Green? Love Ladarius Green um, more. I mean, I'm going to like him a lot more if Antonio Gates doesn't play, but there's definitely going to be a lot of tight end targets this week, and it looks like Gates, even if he plays, isn't going to be completely healthy. So if Gates plays, I still like Ladarius Green, but more so for my season-long leagues than a daily fantasy league. If Gates doesn't play, I'm, I want to start Ladarius Green everywhere. Uh, Brandon Oliver doesn't make me as excited, though. He, he was their leading rusher last week, which isn't saying much given that they had to throw the ball 500 times in the second half. But uh, I, just, I don't know. I don't know. He's, he's somebody that if you're in a really deep league, he's somebody that if you're in a really deep league, that you know, they seem to be putting him in that sort of Darren Sproles role. They even gave him Sproles' number there. So we'll see what happens just, this week. But, I think they're just sad Darren Sproles isn't there anymore. That might be the real issue. <laughs> Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> so maybe it's actually him in the you know, Philadelphia with a bye week this week. They'll just bring Sproles out, but make him wear Oliver's jersey and see if anybody notices. And they could just say Brandon Oliver dressed up like him for Halloween. Boom, problem solved. There you go. Everybody right. wins. Okay. All right, we're all happy. Let's move on. 
next game up is Tampa Bay at Atlanta. This one, you know, looks to be another mismatch. Vincent Jackson is down for uh, Tampa Bay, and yeah. maybe they get Austin Safarian. Jackson and um, Jenkins back, but uh, I, I don't think it matters. Atlanta, Julio I mean, Jones seems Jameis to be healthy. Playing quarterback, so. Oh, he had almost 300 passing yards last week. I mean, not that that means a lot, but you know, that's true. Out with the Redskins. I probably almost 300 passing yards last week. <laughs> In the right matchup, yeah. you can do it. Well, that was. It's the one thing I did predict correctly last week was that that was Kirk Cousins' one good game for the season. So yeah, don't run out to get him on your fantasy. Yeah, don't don't uh, don't run out to add him to your fantasy teams this week, especially since Mm -hmm. he's on a bye. But I I just think that that Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta. This this game shouldn't even be close. There seem to be several either high scoring games or blowouts or both this week. Um, Atlanta should win this. I'll say that they double up Tampa Bay. I'll say Atlanta 34, Tampa 17. Uh, I actually have 37-24 also obviously going with Atlanta. Not a secret. I'm not a Jameis Winston fan, but uh, Atlanta is prone to giving up points. We've seen it happen. Mike Evans could have a big day again. If Safarian Jenkins comes back, uh, I'm I'm not opposed to starting him. He's pretty inexpensive on your daily fantasy sports lineups. Uh, but it just there's no way this Tampa Bay offense or defense can keep up with Atlanta. Uh for the first half this game might might seem competitive, but I Atlanta's gonna pull away from them pretty quickly. So you're not worried at all about Atlanta's uh showing this past week where they only put up ten no. Points. I mean, yeah, they won the game, but they, they certainly didn't look impressive beating a, I a pretty think, lousy I think, I'm going to go as far to say as I think Roddy White might even get in the end zone in this game. That's how not worried about Atlanta I am. Well, with Leonard Hankerson um, perhaps sidelined, there's a better chance of that than there would have been in past weeks, but we'll see. Yeah. So next up we've got the Giants, the first place New York Giants. At oh, New Orleans. You're just a horrible person. <laughs> it's it's so, just so unnecessary. <laughs> we've got the, the battle of uh, Orleans-Darkwaugh <laughs> versus New Orleans, so there's something there. But I I don't think, first of all, I don't think he's really a worthwhile fantasy pickup. I, I think that was just a one-game fluke. I read all this stuff about how he's going to be their lead back now, but I just I don't see it, at least not yet. Of course, if you wait until he has another big game, he won't be there on the waiver wire anymore, but he certainly would not be my first uh, priority on the waiver wire this week. But this is one of those games where you look at it and you say, oh, the Giants should win this pretty easily. But I think the Giants, again, they've been doing it pretty much with smoke and mirrors all season, probably losing the NFC championship game to the Vikings. But, you know, for right now, they're not really a good team yet. I, I just... I think New Orleans is going to find a way to pull this out. I'll go with the final score in New Orleans, 28, Giants, 24. I actually agree with you. Um, I'm picking a lot of quasi-upsets this week. Uh, New Orleans, I've got them 27-21 over the Giants. Yes, the New Orleans secondary is straight-up terrible. They have more holes than Swiss cheese. But the Giants have absolutely no healthy wide receivers. None. Uh, So it's kind of hard to take advantage of that secondary. I mean, sort of. Someone's going to sneeze on him wrong, and he could be out. <laughs> At this rate, you can't be a wide receiver in New York. It just it just can't stay healthy. It's not going to happen. Um, but I just I, – you can't take advantage of, the, of a bad secondary if you're not healthy, if your guys can't run. So I just – I think New Orleans is going to – Drew Brees is going to find a way. They're at home, and the Giants are a little bit of a roller coaster. So – yeah, they're in first place now, but they got to get through the New Orleans. So let's see what happens. Okay. Moving right along, we've got uh, a game between two lousy teams. Marcus Mariota may or may not play, whatever the choices are there. But I just, whether he plays or not, I think Brian Hoyer is starting to 
you know, comes come around is the Houston quarterback, DeAndre Hopkins. There's been, you know, arguably the best receiver in football this year, at least from a fantasy perspective. I don't see this game being close. I think this will be one of the few laughers Houston has all season. I'll go with the final score. The uh, Arian Fosterless Houston Texans 30, the Marcus Mariotaless Tennessee Titans 17. <laughs> I like that. I'll, I'll uh, me calling the Panthers the, the fighting Greg Olson last week. I think we're on to something here. Um, I'm actually taking Tennessee 24-13. I'm concerned about how much of a hot mess Houston is right now. Uh, I like I like either Mettenberg or Mariota starting here. Their pass game is going to have to be what wins them this game because their run game is a little questionable. There's not really a clear-cut favorite in the clubhouse right now. But I think they've got a chance to make something out of this. Maybe Kendall Wright has a nice game. Delaney Walker, I mean, someone's got to catch the ball. It's got to be one of those two guys pretty much. But... Maybe we'll get TJ Yates, a TJ Yates sighting in this game. That would I'd be excited about that. That might be the only reason I want to watch this game. Antonio Andrews looked pretty good last game, week for the uh, yeah. Titans at running back, and there's some thought that he might eventually be their their lead back. They're clearly defined lead back as opposed to right now where he's probably the best back they have, but not necessarily the obvious lead back. You know, with David Cobb and. Bishop Sankey Solar team Dexter McCluster. Nobody but, wants to step up and be that be the guy out of the backfield. Like well, I think Dexter McCluster wants to, but I can't really imagine them making him a you know, guy that they give the ball twenty five, thirty times a game. But yeah, I really not, don't think it matters. But he's we'll not see. big enough to be your lead back. He's gonna get killed. I like him out of the backfield catching passes, but that's about it. Well, Joe Morris was a pretty Diminutive back for the Giants, but of course that was 30 years ago. So anyway, a little different, a little bit different today. But I like where you're going with it. Well, Danny Woodhead isn't much bigger. Of course, he's not really a big back either. Brandon Oliver is a short guy, so there are some short running backs. Zach Stacy is another one that comes to mind. There are some shorter running backs in the NFL, but yeah, you're right. Most of them are not the 25 to 30 carry a game variety. No. Next, we go to one of the five remaining unbeaten teams, the Cincinnati Bengals. They're on the road against Pittsburgh. The the Ben Roethlisberger reunion tour starts this week. And the Steelers are wearing those terrible Bumblebee throwback uniforms this week, so get excited. No. Yeah, <laughs> those are pretty hard to watch. Yeah, They're awful. But, yeah. I, I agree. They really look like they were, you know, You sound so much more disgusted with this game teams. than you did 12 seconds ago. <laughs> yeah. The senior form, the maybe I'll listen to it on radio. But anyway, <laughs> I think throwback uniforms or not, I think Pittsburgh's going to find a way to throw back Cincinnati and uh, knock them from the ranks of the unbeaten teams. I think Roethlisberger's return will be the – shot in the arm that they need. I think Antonio Brown will go nuts with his favorite play toy back, and I think Pittsburgh wins this by a field goal. I'll say final score, Pittsburgh 31, Cincinnati 28. I actually have the reverse score. Um, I, I'm i super into about Big Ben coming back. Love it for Antonio Brown's fantasy purposes because he's just been wasting away in the last couple of weeks. The Bumblebee throwback uniforms hurt your eyes in the best possible way. Like, you just escape from from Bumblebee jail. It's going to be great. Um, But there is one very important fact that you are overlooking here, and that is that my boy Andy Dalton, the Ginger Ninja, is so good in 1 o'clock games. He's 21-3-1 since October 2013. This is going to be a shootout. Andy Dalton's going to win this game. I'm very excited for it. You sound like you want to just congratulate him now already for a game that isn't even played for five days. I'm fine with that. Bring it on. All right. <laughs> you might as well not even bother playing the game then. Just give him the player of the game award and the truck well, or whatever that the goes with it. the uniforms would be for nothing. <laughs> we have to play yeah. just for that. Well, are the Bengals going to win? wear throwback uniforms? Are they going to bring, you know, blow? Nope, they're just and, bringing their regular you know, the, stripes. 
plug, stripe on and stripe. blow the dust off of Vicky Woods. Oh, maybe. So wouldn't that be something? <laughs> yeah, sad that he has to do those commercials now. Maybe it's not sad that he maybe he doesn't have probably to do them. Maybe he just money. wants to, but. I find it hard to imagine. Yeah, he probably, the sad thing is he probably makes more money doing those commercials than he ever did as a player, but it's neither here nor there. All looks the same Next in your bank account, is, though. Yeah, it looks good in your bank account, and it's probably a little less uh, physically demanding than getting beaten up every week. But hmm. Possibly. Next up, we've got the two <laughs> low-scoring teams in the <laughs> NFC West. This, this game will not true. be. This game will be hard on your eyes for a different reason than the Pittsburgh Cincinnati game. Colin Kaepernick is just a mess right now. There's been speculation in the Philadelphia papers that if they don't trade for him before the deadline, that they might try to, you know, get him in the off season if the 49ers oh were to God, cut him loose. Oh my God! What a lose. horrible idea! Well, oh. but the the idea is that. Yeah, he's a good mobile quarterback and that that's exactly what Chip Kelly needs, that that's the missing link in Chip Kelly's offense. Not sure Chip I buy Kelly that. Needs to let, he needs to let DeMarco Murray run north to south, not east to west. That would fix a lot of problems, but I digress. Colin Kaepernick, not that good right now. Right, Colin, <laughs> Colin Kaepernick is a mess right now, but... Yeah. Carlos Hyde has been a big disappointment this season, about the only bright spot last week, and I couldn't believe Torrey Smith didn't even catch a ball. I know he was up against Richard Sherman, but still, you know, the guy catches two touchdown passes and goes over 100 yards the week before, and then he gets all of, what, two or three targets and doesn't catch anything. Yeah, yeah that's, so sad. that's depressing. But the, the one bright spot for San Francisco last week was that Vernon Davis seemed to Rejoin the living, so that was nice. He's been right? missing for a couple years now. I mean, we almost forgot he was alive. That was nice. He was a zombie, but yeah, you went from being the consensus number one tight end, or maybe one B, to Antonio Gates as one A a couple of years ago, to now you know, he's on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues. But maybe that won't be the case anymore after last week. But anyway, just hmm. going up against St. Louis, Nick Foles is not been as good as I thought he would be this year, but it really doesn't matter when you have Todd Gurley looking like AP Jr. I think St. Louis will win this game pretty easily. I'll I'll go with a 10-point victory. I'll say St. Louis 27, San Francisco 17. I think this is going to be a little bit more of a barn burner. I actually have St. Louis 28, San Francisco 27. Um, San Francisco, yes, they are a hot mess, but I think Carlos Hyde's a little healthier. I think things are going to pan out a little bit better there. Uh, I just pretty much have no respect for Colin Kaepernick as a quarterback right now. Uh, The more he hands the ball off, the better at this point. I would love to see him keep throwing to Vernon Davis. I'm all about that. But uh, St. Louis, Nick Foley and Dynamite, I think, is is potentially going to throw a pick six here. That's going to help San Francisco stay in this game. Um, All about what Todd Gurley is doing right now. San Francisco is going to slow him down a little bit, but he's still going to definitely have an impact on this game. I just – which would you rather watch, this game or the Cincinnati-Pittsburgh game? And you have to actually watch it. I have to actually watch it? uh, Yeah, with your eyes. I think I'd I'd try (laughs) to squint and pretend I didn't see the – the the high. I might break out in hives, but uh, I would – I think I'd rather watch Cincinnati and Pittsburgh just because I think it'll be a, a more interesting game, more competitive game. All right. I can work with that. I like it. All right. Let's go to the afternoon of, game, or I guess the late game, as you like to say. With Todd Gurley, how in the world was he only $4,500 on DraftKings last week? I know. <laughs> His price has jumped a little bit. <laughs> just a little I, higher. I would now. think. I would think yeah. we'll see what he's up to this week. Um, he's at a uh, hot 8,100 on FanDuel. Pricey. He's 6,300, like so he's about 50% more on on uh, DraftKings this week. So at least uh, we know that they watched the nice games. Watch that right? Yeah, it still seems like a pretty good price when you're paying you know, 8,400 or whatever it is for Levy and 8,300. Yeah. 
for Lady and Belle. So yeah, pass on that. Yeah, and let's go to the the afternoon games, the late games, as mm-hmm. I like to call them. The Jets are at mm-hmm. Oakland, America. so there's no home games for the New York teams this weekend. And I I think the similar story with the Gi- with the Jets this week. You know, you look at last week. Oh, they played New England close. You'd think they should you know, be able to win a game with their defense against a team like Oakland with an inconsistent offense. But I just think that they're going to disappoint people this week, you know, running back, Chris Ivory's banged up. You know, I, I think there's a big drop-off between him and and uh, Zach Stacy. You know, Bilal Powell isn't playing either. So Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be forced to throw more He's got, you know, decent targets there and Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall, but I think you know, this is just gonna be a disappointing game for them. And you know, David Carr looked a lot better last week against San Diego. You know, Amari Cooper has established himself as a threat in his rookie season. Latavius Murray you know, might not be hundred percent healthy, but it's still probably better than anything the healthy Jets enough. have going this week. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll say it all adds up to a Oakland upset. I'll pick them 28 over the Jets 24. So not only am I picking both New York teams to lose on the road this week, I'm also picking them to lose by identical 28-24 scores. That's weird. What do you think about the Mets? Are you picking every New York team to lose this weekend or just these guys? Um, no, I'm picking the Royals 28-24 over the Mets too. <laughs> God, that would be fun. <laughs> Terrible day for pitching. But uh Daniel Murphy will hit seven home runs and they'll still lose. Yeah, why not? Seems about right. I'm gonna pick my fourth upset of the week and go Oakland over the Jets twenty four twenty. Um I the Jets are gonna have a bit of a letdown. They're going out west. I like Ryan Fitzpatrick as a fantasy play for sure. I just don't think there's gonna be enough there. Like you said, Chris Ivory's banged up, so they're gonna have to throw a lot. Oakland will give up points. But I just think Derek Carr to Michael Crabtree all day. I like Latavius Murray. Uh, Don't forget Amari Cooper. Yes, love the dude, but he's going to be stuck on Revis Island a lot. This Jets defense is still pretty stout. I like Michael Crabtree. I I don't really want to call him a sleeper, but a quasi-sleeper this week. Um, So I'm going to go with Oakland. And I think I said David Carr. That's the Giants fan in me there, I think. No, that was David Brown. I'm getting really... David Carr was the Texans. (laughs) I'm getting really mixed up here. So, anyway. Yeah. So, let's look at um, Seattle at Dallas. Seattle, it's really weird. They've let go several running backs who all of a sudden look like they're going to be the top dog with their new teams or at least had a chance to be. You know, one of them... Christian Michael, you know, wound up in Dallas. Robert Turbin looks like he might get some run as a lead back in Cleveland now. So it's weird. Um, Meanwhile, Seattle putters along with uh, Marshawn Lynch, who seems to be regaining his beast mode form. I think much like last year, Seattle is going to be a lot better from here on out. It took a while to integrate some of their new players, but guys like Tyler Lockett are really – starting to come on now. Defense might not be quite as ferocious as it has been in the past, but I still think it'll be good enough to get by Matt Castle this week. I'll go with a final score of Seattle 30, Dallas 24, and uh, we can only imagine what uh, histrionics we'll see from the Dallas sideline this week. It's not a a question of if, it's just a question of who. Just when. Yeah, when, who how it's it's going to happen it's just yeah. we don't know when don't even ask who. why there's no why it doesn't matter <laughs> you're never going to get that one why even bother but um i'm going to go for upset number 5 of the week and take the cowboys over the seahawks yes this is a bit of a homer pick yes i still have nightmares about tony romo crying on the seattle one yard line but that's neither here nor there um i'm going solely with darren mcfadden and jason witten in this I don't even want to look at Cole Beasley. I'm still very upset about last week. 
I love that he looks like Sunshine from the Remember the Titans, but that's about it. Uh, until Des Bryant comes back, we need to keep him so we have an emergency third quarterback. Uh, but Des Bryant <clears throat> is going to have a better day uh, against Seattle. They're playing at home. Sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing in in uh, Cowboy World, in Jerry's World. Ideally, I want to see Matt Castle not throw so much. It scares me a little bit, but I'm hoping this week will get a little better. Just dump the ball off to Jason Witten if you're going to do it. Throw it to Darren McFadden out of the backfield. I don't care. Just don't throw it down the field to Cole Beasley anymore. That's pretty much all I'm looking for. Uh, If Des Bryant plays this week, he's good for a couple of big yard plays. But I'm going to take Dallas with the, the upset here they got to just win a couple games before Tony Romo comes back. November 22nd can't come soon enough. Uh, I, I think, well, we'll see. I, I think there's a good chance you're <laughs> disappointed once Thank again. Thank you for not oh, raining on way, my parade. I need this. <laughs> speaking of uh, Dallas, how wonderful was that last week to have Dwayne Harris return the, the kick for the kickoff for the winning touchdown? It was like a nightmare. Like, he couldn't do that as a cowboy, but oh, oh there he goes. No big deal. Oh, so well, frustrating. He, was, he wasn't going against Dallas' special teams either when he was actually playing for them. So yes, our special might teams have are, in fact, with special, just not quite yeah, in the not way that we want special them. About them. No. No. <laughs> no. I'm not at all bitter so, about this still. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be either. No. All right. The Sunday night game features two of the remaining five unbeaten teams, and that's Green Bay at Denver. Of course, the narrative is that Peyton Manning has fallen off the cliff, and that probably all he did, all he did this his during his bye week was you know you know try to lift you know five pound barbells with his bad shoulder, but I. I don't think he's I like done to think yet. I think he spent that time making pizzas for Papa John's, but you know, I mean, that's yeah, probably more likely that he was working out. Yeah, it's, we'll see how many times he says Omaha during the game this week. But a lot. I just, I just like Mr. Uh, State Farm uh, commercials better than Mr. Papa John's commercials this week. So I'll oh. go with the uh, Green Bay. Green Bay State Farmers over the Denver Papa John's by a point. I think Aaron Rodgers gets the better Peyton Manning. I'll say Green Bay 28, Denver 27. I don't hate the score. I, I agree with you. I think Green Bay is going to win this game. I had 28-31. Um, I really want to pick Denver. I think the bye week is going to help Peyton Manning fix the mechanical stuff that's going on. Um, I just... Gives Emmanuel Sanders a little time to get healthier. I just think overall they'll be okay. My bigger concern isn't Peyton Manning. It's the run game. Or can we file a missing person report for it? It doesn't exist, and that's a little concerning. Very hard to have an effective pass game when you have absolutely nothing to scare defenses into thinking that you might actually run. Uh, Green Bay also gives up the fewest points per game. Yes, they were playing in Denver. That helps. I like having John Elway on the sidelines. That just, you know for Green Bay that, you know, makes people have some painful memories, but maybe that'll help them. I just It's hard to say that Aaron Rodgers is going to actually lose this game. Like, I want it to be Peyton Manning coming back, but I just can't pick against Aaron Rodgers in this offense right now. All right. Um, finally, we have Indianapolis traveling on the road to Carolina for the Monday night yeah. game, and hopefully um, yeah, Indianapolis doesn't try any uh, – Tricks on special teams this week, boy. Uh, he's. Uh, I hope they do. That case. was fun. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, speaking of um, Indianapolis, Griff Whalen has had a, a pretty co- rough couple of weeks here. But uh, um, yeah, I just I think Carolina. I I really think. <laughs> To me, they seem kind of like the Giants. That to me, it seems like they're doing it with smoke and mirrors. But the results are much more impressive for Carolina than they are for the Giants so far. I thought Philadelphia had a good shot of beating them last week, and they won by a couple of touchdowns. This game, I think, will be tight. Andrew Luck should have some success, but you know, I just 
think that Cam Newton is on a roll right now and at home. I don't see them losing this game. I think they find a way to get to uh, 7-0 then, so I'll go with Carolina 30 over Indianapolis 24. I'm taking Indy. I know I've got them 31-21, so I'm feeling pretty strong about it. Yeah, Andrew Luck throws interceptions. He's got more than anybody else right now. I just – Carolina – they, their luck's going to run out eventually, no pun intended. Um, it just works out really nicely that way. But I think that Andrew Luck, uh, overall, the offense that Indy's bringing to the table is just going to overpower that Carolina defense. Yes, they're good, but they're going to get worn down. Andrew Luck's going to throw on them all day. Um, and I, I just don't understand how people aren't just covering strictly Greg Olson. Jonathan Stewart is going to do a little bit of damage here, but – I think Carolina's got more pressure on them being undefeated than they would be if they had a loss. There are a lot of people with a lot of eyes on them and expecting a lot more from them than normally, you know, this time of year they have to worry about that kind of pressure. So I'm taking Andrew Luck to bounce back. I'm not as worried about him as everybody else in the world is. They're talking about firing the coach. This is getting ridiculous. Indy's going to right the ship. All right, we'll see. I'm yeah. not so sure that I agree with that, but uh, that's what makes doing what this show with you for six years <laughs> fun. So, all right, yeah. why don't we take in the eight minutes or so we have remaining, why don't we take a quick look at the uh, daily games for this week? So, FanDuel, what's, what quarterbacks uh, strike you as being good values this week? Uh, I like. I like. I mean, I don't like, but I like Eli Manning at seventy three hundred, uh, Joe Flacco at seventy four hundred. Not as much, but Fitzpatrick at seventy four hundred as well. If you're feeling real crazy, trying to save some money, I like Derek Carr at sixty eight hundred, Teddy Bridgewater at sixty nine. Uh, Sorry, who that, that at sixty nine? Uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Yep, your boy, future MVP of the Super Bowl. Ugh. That's I, right. I can't even say that with a straight face. I can't do it. <laughs> Matt Ryan looks ugh. like a good, you know, I mean, he's not cheap, but given what I think yeah, he's going to do this week. I mean, week, you get what you pay for there. That, yeah. It's worth it. 8000 for uh, a game against Tampa Bay's defense. I think I would, would pay that pretty gladly. But uh, I think it's bold yeah. that Ben Roethlisberger's at 8200 er, 8, coming off a sprained knee. A little aggressive. Yeah. The other one that strikes me a little bit iffy is Philip Rivers at 8,500. I know I said that was going to be a yeah. shootout, but um, that not seems on a little Vandal, bit. It's not. Take his ass on DraftKings all day. Yeah, that, that seems a little bit um, generous to me. And same thing, uh, Andrew Luck at 8,800. Yeah, I know you're higher on them this week than I am, but uh, I still think 8,800 is too much for him on FanDuel. So why don't we take a look at um, running backs on FanDuel? What catch, who catches your eye there? Uh, Lamar Miller Besides literally could not be Star higher Clark. on this guy. <laughs> 7,400. Justin Forsett at 6,900. Uh, Chris Johnson, 7,300. Still going to put up points. Johnson Stewart, 6,600. I like him. All right. Um, Darren McFadden at 6,400 seems like a good value to me this week. Yeah. Eddie Lacy. Yeah, I don't know what to Eddie think Lacy of him. Eddie scares John, me. scares me so much. Jim Starks had those two touchdowns in the last game, so it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to know what to expect. I will not be playing Joseph Randall for $6,800. Thank you very much, FanDuel. I will not be playing Chris Avery <laughs> at seventy. Uh, Chris Ivory at 7700 There's some strange pricing going on there. And Devonta Freeman, how in the world is he the most expensive running back this week? Yeah, I mean, I know Ooh. he's having a good season, but that's ridiculous, I think. There's no way I'm paying that money. But somebody Todd else. Todd Gurley at 8100 seems like a better value than that. Or, you know, just Lamar Miller, who's going to run all over the Patriots. All right. <laughs> See if that comes to pass or not. Chris Johnson at seventy three hundred. You mentioned the Vikings that. You so. win the Super Bowl. <laughs> You've no room to so? judge. None. 
You, you, well, you laugh. You laugh. We'll see. I do. All right. Moving, do. moving on to wide receiver. Uh, who do you like there? Um, Pretty much any wide receiver in Arizona, particularly John Brown at 6700 Michael Floyd at $4,900. Uh, Antonio Brown, you're going to have to pay eighty four hundred. It's going to be worth it. Keenan Allen at eight grand. Loving Michael Crabtree at fifty seven hundred. I mean, that's probably my go to. I like Eric Decker a lot. Nate Washington again. DeAndre Hopkins, you get what you pay for, but he's still going to put points up. Yeah, Stephon Diggs and Steve Smith are both sixty seven hundred. Those look. I like Stephon Diggs me. at DraftKings, where he's only forty eight hundred dollars, which is ridiculous. I agree with that. Love that. Um, Mike Evans has had a couple of good games in a yeah. row now, and with Vincent Jackson out of the picture, $7,800 against Atlanta seems like a relatively good price. Um, Keenan Allen, 8000 you know, for somebody that's you know racking up the points. A.J. Green should have a big game against uh, Pittsburgh for 8200 So lots of of options, some good options there to pick from. Anything on the tight ends there that you want to mention, or should we just move on to to uh, Green at fifty three, uh, fifty three hundred. Jacob Tammy at forty eight. Jordan Cameron at fifty five. Uh, Eric Ebron's fifty five. I like him better on uh, DraftKings at thirty one hundred. Martellus Bennett on DraftKings at forty nine hundred. Travis Kelsey always crowd pleaser at five grand. Yes. Jacob Tammy is only $4,800, and Vernon Davis, mm-hmm. I guess, I like people aren't that. buying, the, the FanDuel people aren't buying into him yet because he's only 4900 So, yeah, there's, there's lots of, of uh, Ben Watson is having a nice season for the Saints, and he's only 5400 against the Giants. I'm yeah. not sold on Ben Watson. You're not, no. you're not digging him yet? I'm not, but I am Stefan Diggins. Stefan Diggs. <laughs> yeah, I'm digging Stefan too. Gary Barnage at 6300. Hard to believe that he's the second highest priced uh, tight end on FanDuel this week, trailing only Greg Olson. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's of course excluding Greg the Thursday Olson. night games. You know, what kind of world are we living in? Like Greg Olson's and... the most expensive tight end. <laughs> I hate yeah, this. Things, <laughs> things things have changed a lot. So. All right, why don't we uh, – maybe one of these weeks we'll do DraftKings first so that we get to spend uh, adequate Probably time not. with them. But uh, <laughs> what what do you like at uh, quarterback on uh, DraftKings besides Jameis Winston at 5,200? Uh, love Phillip Rivers, 6,600. Ryan Fitzpatrick at 52. Andy Dalton at six grand. Um, Drew Brees at 67, Fitz, Ryan Fitzpatrick at 52, Derek Carr 5300, maybe Ryan Tannehill 56, but that yeah, one's a, I'm a little sketchier on that one. I like Lamar Miller. For the one week of my yeah. life, I like Lamar Miller. Assuming that uh, Ben Roethlisberger is back, 6700 dollars seems like a pretty fair price for him. I don't hate it. I like him so much more on DraftKings than I do FanDuel this week, much like Philip Rivers. Yeah. So running backs, um, I assume you're all over Lamar Miller on on yes. DraftKings as Chris well. Chris Johnson at forty six, Todd Gurley sixty three, uh, not I mean not terrible options. I like that one two punch. All right. And wide receivers on DraftKings. Pretty standard, Michael Crabtree, Stefan Diggs. I like uh, Michael Floyd and Nate Washington again, and as always, Allen. And John Brown looks pretty reasonable at 5,800. Randall Cobb is 7,000. Keenan Allen, 7,700. Yeah, there's, yeah, Larry Fitzgerald at 7,700 seems high to me. I'm surprised Antonio Brown is only the fifth or sixth uh Highest priced uh, um, wide receiver, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot of discrepancies, and I realize the scoring systems are different, and that you know DraftKings between the hundred yard bonuses for the you know for the receivers and 
Mm-hmm. You know, also giving an extra half point per reception of, like than uh, FanDuel does, but that tends to elevate their value relative to the running backs and quarterbacks. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting how much of a discrepancy there is in some cases, and you've pointed out several of those tonight. Well, that does bring us to the end of the show tonight, but we will be back next week on our normal night at a little bit different of a time. We'll be back on Wednesday at 10 p.m. for our normal hour. And like always, if you want to find us throughout the week, you can find us on Twitter at the number 4THN Inches Show. That's the number 4THN Inches Show. Our email address is the same handle, the number 4THN Inches Show at gmail.com. You can also find the Sherpa at fantasy underscore Sherpa on Twitter. I'm at JKIM16. You can find us at the com, the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page on Facebook. And uh, we're always around to talk football, answer your questions, whatever you need. And as always, good luck. Unless you're playing me this week, then better luck next time. 